When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. How far would you go in pursuit of your dreams? Would you be brave enough to take the leap, even if it took you well out of your comfort zone? That's exactly what today's guest has done. When I first met Emily Wright, she was completely bald, having lost all her hair to stress-induced alopecia. Financial pressures meant Emily had to return to work when her baby was just three weeks old. Sadly, this wasn't enough, and her home was repossessed just five months later. The stress was so much that her hair fell out. Determined not to give up, the Tysley mom poured everything into launching her own body shop at home franchise. Just two years on, she has worked to create a six-figure turnover for her business. She's had another baby and, as a single mom, has taken the brave step to move away from friends and family to Brighton so her children can grow up near the seaside. They can now see the sea from their home. And her hair has grown back. I went through the emotions of accepting that and accepting that I could potentially be bold for the rest of my life. You know, I've really had to be really thorough, go through a really thorough spiritual awakening, really. Um, and it's only through doing that, that that I've had more success and I've, you know, started to have a happy life. It's also our job as human beings to uplift others and to inspire others and to love them even when they can't love themselves. And after a while of just taking one small step every single day, you'll look back over your shoulder and you, and you won't believe how far you've come. And I know that because that's what happened with us. Welcome back to Brummy Mummies. My name is Zoe Chamberlain. I'm a journalist, author and mum. I launched Brummy Mummies as a community for families to help people to connect both online and in person. My goal is to share with you stories from the most inspiring mums and dads to help you find out how they juggle family life and everything that comes with it. In this podcast, Emily talked to me about the pressures of motherhood, why running an online business is a real lifesaver for single parents, and why she wants to show her daughters that a woman's worth is a lot more than just her hair. So hi, Emily. It's great to have you on the podcast. I've been so excited to talk to you today. Hi, Zoe. I'm really excited to be talking with you too. So it's been just over a year since we last saw you. And wow, your life has changed so much in the last 12 months. So much so has happened. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I wondered if you could go back to around the time when Antonia was born. What was life like there? 
Um, what, where were you living? What, what was going on for you? It was really challenging, really, really challenging. Um, obviously, a new single mom, a new mom, new single mom. Um, just had an emergency C-section, uh, and it was just me and Antonia living in a small flat. Um, money was really difficult. Money, you know, financially it was really difficult. Um, and I, I had to start working again at three weeks, three weeks after having Antonia. Um, and it was just really, it was really hard actually. Um, I remember not long after we came back from the hospital, sat at the top of the stairs and I just remember sobbing, just absolutely crying my heart out because I'd had a credit card bill that I couldn't pay and I didn't know how I was going to pay. And um, yeah, it, it was it was really hard. It was really tough. You say you, you were working from three weeks when she was three weeks old. I mean, that's really tough. What, what yeah. were you doing? Um, I've got a body shop at home business. So I was selling products online to my friends and family. So it didn't take up too much time. But as you know yourself, being a mum, those first few weeks are really difficult. And you'd only just set that up, hadn't you? Because what were you doing before you had Antonia? I was head of HR for a social care company. So quite different. (laughs) Yeah. And quite a big job. Yeah. A very, very high powered job, actually. Um, And I don't think I would be able to have continued doing that with a baby I think that would have been really challenging so that's why you decided to make the break and launch a business by yourself as a single mom that's with a right. newborn. yeah that's right yeah that's right and it was a really good decision for us actually um it was a brave decision but it was a really good decision for us and it's worked it's worked out really well obviously so tell me more about the financial pressures what happened with your house you were that was actually repossessed wasn't it yeah the house was repossessed um we had a notice put on our door that we had two weeks to find somewhere to live um otherwise they were going to going to come into the house um take everything that was in there and lock the house up and we would have lost everything and to me at the time that was just absolutely devastating because i'd worked us up from nothing um, I had to leave my partner when I was pregnant um, and I left with not much more than a bag of clothes. And, you know, many had been really tight throughout the pregnancy, but I'd, I'd managed to, to I'd managed to make us this beautiful little home, like our little nest, and to feel that that was going to be taken away from us. And I didn't, didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know what my options were. I didn't just I was still recovering from my c-section I had a small small baby and it was just um it was an absolutely devastating blow to be honest how old was Antonia at that point six months old that's just unthinkable yeah it was very hard it was very hard but we did find somewhere um and we we moved into a, a little house in Tysley and we just tried to make the most of it really tried to see the positives but we weren't really very happy where we were. Um, so, yeah, so that, so we made the changes. And as you know now, we've moved to Brighton. So well, we'll come on to that in move. a minute. That's absolutely <laughs> incredible what you've done from there. So, obviously, the financial pressures and the pressures of being a single mom, running your own business, that started to have an impact on your health, didn't it? T- yeah. Tell me about how that did affect your, your health and well-being. Uh, I didn't know at the time, but I, I probably had an autoimmune 
disease um, lingering in the background for a while. Um, I've got diagnosed complex post-traumatic stress disorder from uh, traumas and domestic abuse and stuff like that in my past. Um, and I think having the baby and it just kind of brought up a lot of things and losing the home, it just brought up a lot of things and, and um, my PTSD started to play up, started to have flashbacks and it was a really, really difficult time, to be honest, um, and trying, you know, to be my best to be a good leader to my team and my business and, and you know, I'm not somebody that, that will just take time off, really. I'm not somebody that will just quit. I'm not somebody... I can be quite hard on myself in some senses because I feel like I, I can achieve a lot and, and I want to be able to achieve a lot. And I do sometimes put that pressure on myself. And I think being a single mom and having the onus really on me to do everything, I just didn't feel that I could fail. I just had to carry on going. Um... And I started to lose my hair. So when Antonia was a year old, um, I lost a big patch on my head, um, probably about three inches by three inches. Um, and I noticed that that had all gone in one, in one day. That was quite bad. Um, and that continued to fall out over, over a two-week period. And then by six weeks, I was completely bald. Um, Gosh. Yeah. And what went through your mind when you started to lose your hair? At first, it was a huge shock. Um, mm. My background's modelling, so I used to do modelling, so my my appearance and stuff like that. It's it was a big part of my identity, and it always had such long, luscious hair, and that was a big part of who I was. I thought so. It was quite challenging to have to sort of refine my identity and refine myself and without my hair being a part of that. And I had to look a little bit deeper, really, and it became quite spiritual. Um, it, was quite, it was actually quite a beautiful journey, um, amazingly, um, because, you know, I really had to challenge myself about who I, who I thought I was as a person and who I wanted to be. And it just seemed silly when I was thinking about it to, to have my hair as a big part of my identity. It just seemed a little bit silly really um and and with having a daughter the last thing I wanted was for our story to be that I crumbled because I lost my hair I didn't want her to grow up thinking that that you know that that's part of who a woman is and you know like without our beauty and without our um our socially conformed looks um you know because we we're kind of told in many ways, what a woman should be. And there's lots of messages out there about what we should be as a woman and what we shouldn't be and who we should be. And I just wanted to to show her that we are more than what we look like. We are, we are more than our hair. We are more than our skin. We are more than, you know, we are the person that we are inside. And, that, you know, I wanted to show her that strength. And I do believe that I have. <laughs> I yes, believe I have. Absolutely you have. Yeah, and that's such an important message. I mean, how important do you think it is for children, I mean, especially girls, to have empowering role models? I think it's really important. Um, and I think it's important for boys as well because there's, there's a lot of um, talk in the media at the moment about toxic masculinity. And for young boys growing up and seeing that, you know, they need to see empowered role models as well. But... I think, you know, it's 
I've got I've got girls, so I look at it from that point of view. And um, you know, there's a lot of pressure about how we should look and and how we should act. And and I think it's really really important to have um, to have powerful or, or empowered women in their lives, and so that they've got those role models, so that so that they believe they can do anything they want to, anything they put their mind to. And that's yes. that's how I'm bringing up my girls. So and and that feeling that you can pick yourself up and carry on when something awful happens as well. Of course, you have to. You have to keep trying. You can't mm-hmm. let things beat you. Yes. Since then, you've gone on to thrive in your business. You've had a second baby, and yes. you've moved your little family to go and live by the beach in Brighton. This is such yes. a brave move on your own. I mean, why did you decide to do it on your own? and kind of move away from any support network you might have in Birmingham and just make that bold step? Um, there's a few There's a few things, really. Um, obviously, we've, we've spoken about how difficult it was um, with Antonia when Antonia was born. Um, and when I fell pregnant with Arabella, I just realised that, you know, now was the time to make any changes that I wanted to make. And it had been um, quite a lifetime dream for me to have my children grow up by the seaside. And I just thought to myself, if I don't, if I don't do this now, when am I going to do it? Because the longer that we were to stay where we were, the, you know, there'd be more excuses. That, you know, when they start school or they've got best friends or... I thought, if I don't do this now, when is it going to happen? So, um, so at six months pregnant... And I took us on a little mini break to Brighton and it was just supposed to be a little mini break for a couple of days. Um, We stayed at the marina, which was beautiful. Um, And on the second day, I'd just fallen fallen in love with the place. I fell in love with the way it made me feel. I just felt so happy and relaxed and the sound of the sea and it was sunny. It was lovely. On On the third day of our trip, we were supposed to be going home. But for some reason, like I had an intuition that that we should stay, that we should book another night. So we booked another night um, with an Airbnb. Um, so I took us around 20 different property management companies. And within an hour, I had a phone call from the property management company um, to go and view a property, which, which was just really exciting. Um, and it felt like everything was falling into place. I'm quite into, I'm quite a spiritual person. I'm quite into my Reiki and my manifestation and um, listening to your intuition and following that and feeling guided, you know, taking guided action. And this just all felt really exciting. This all just felt now like like this is where we're supposed to be and, what, and what, what's supposed to happen. So I took us on a walk from the marina across the seafront, um, pushing my pram, six months pregnant with my baby. Uh, and I was just falling more and more in love with the place. And I was just feeling like, you know, we really, we, and we need to do this. We need to be here. Um, the sound of the waves, the sound of the ocean, it, it's, very, it's really very good, isn't it? It's very good for like your heart and your soul and, and your body, really, your physical and your mental well-being. Um, it's like medicine. And I, I was feeling quite energised from it. And I was feeling like, you know, if we can move here, this is going to be really good, not only for the girls and their upbringing, but this is going to be good for me and my health. There's going to be a lot of health benefits for this. And obviously suffering with with the PTSD as I do, and I had quite bad postnatal depression after Antonia. 
And I just thought, you know, this is how this is how I'm going to overcome it. If I can move this here, I'm not going to I'm not going to be feeling like this. I'm not going to have those problems. Um, so so we continued on our on our little walk from the marina to to the local village. Um, and by this point, I was just absolutely set in my mind that this is where we needed to be. So we did the viewing, um, and Antonia was was absolutely taken with the place straight away. Um, she did a ten minute celebration dance around the property when we came to view <laughs> it, so she was absolutely smitten straight away. Um, and I said to the agent, "Okay, let's do this. Let's go and sign the paperwork. Let's do it." Um, so so I went down to the offices and I'd got my bank card in my hand ready to put down my deposit and they said no don't worry they said if it, if you want it it's yours you don't have to put a holding deposit if you want it it's yours and that was wow. just that was just crazy so it's just like it was meant to be it was all meant to be it was meant to be the, the people in the office they fell in love with my daughter um you know they were really really championing us and you know, being so close to London, you, we would have been in competition with with a lot of the London renters mm. or people that wanted to rent from London. So this was just blowing my mind a little bit in a really good way. I was feeling like, wow, this you know, this is supposed to happen. Um, so it took us ten days to get the paperwork sorted. We came back to Birmingham. Took us ten days to get the paperwork sorted, and by the tenth day, we we were here. We'd, move, we'd hired the moving van and we were here and we had That's a bright and a dress. Yeah, so and did you have any second turnaround. thoughts during that, that 10 day period? I didn't allow myself to. There was, there, I just thought, you know, if I overthink this, then I'm going to start feeling anxious and I'm going to give myself excuses. And, and that would be a fear based decision. And I didn't want to make a fear based decision because. I kept thinking about how happy I was when I was there, how happy Antonia was and what sort of life that they'd be able to have. And it was just a fairy tale. It was something I had to I had to grab with both hands whilst I had the opportunity. So I did. And um, yeah, 10 days later, we were, we were here. So what's life like now for you and the girls? And, and how long have you been there? So we've been here five months now. Um, it's just so incredible to be able to wake up in the morning and say to my daughter do you want to go to the seaside yes that's just so incredible and you know from from where we lived before it'd be a good three-hour journey to the seaside you can't just you can't just pop to the seaside for an hour and pop back um my daughter loves it you just have to mention the word seaside too and she runs to the door with and gets a coat and a and a shoe she's ready to go who <laughs> um, can blame her? She loves it. It's a really nice lifestyle. And so how old is Arabella now? Arabella was 12 weeks old yesterday. So oh, gosh. she's still a little baby. And and you look and seem so well. I'm guessing you've you. not suffered at all after having Arabella. Not with anything postnatally, no. It was, it was actually a really enjoyable birth, which which was crazy after having such a traumatic birth with Antonia. Um, I didn't actually, I wasn't aware that you could have a lovely birth. Um, but the epidural was fantastic. And I was sat at seven centimetres dilated, eating my dinner and voice noting my friends. And then I had a nap. Wow. <laughs> That's wonderful. <laughs> I had a little nap, woke up and... Um, you know, did the final part of the labour and she was here, 
It was fantastic. And have you started to build a support network around you now in Brighton? Have you made friends and... Yeah, it's so welcoming here. Um, being part of a small village, there's there's a real community feel to it. So I've made friends with my neighbours and made friends with other people in the village. And it's just, it's so beautiful. And, you know, I really do enjoy that community side of it. You know, people really take care of the area. There's like organised litter picks and People really look after it and they look after each other and they're very welcoming and accepting. And you've done so well to do that because obviously you've done all of this in the middle of lockdowns and the pandemic. It's not easy to get out and meet people. Online communities are really useful, but we were also in tier two for a long time. So whilst a lot of the country was in tier three and tier four. We'd kind of escaped that for a long time up until um, the beginning of this year, I think. I think or around Christmas time, we changed to to uh, to more of a lockdown. We still had a little bit of freedom to be able to converse with each other until then. So, And so you've managed to keep working throughout this and keep doing the same job despite being such a long way from where you started out. Tell me how that how that works. I do a lot I do a lot of my uh, work and my sales online so it doesn't really matter where you are in the UK which is fantastic um and had I been in a different situation this might not have been possible for us cuz mm. you know if I, if I was in a different uh, line of work I might not have been able to just pick up a move shop and you know move 150 miles across the country but we were able to do that. You can literally do it from anywhere. So that was, um, it's been really useful. It's been an absolute godsend. And um, and how successful is your business now? Having only started, what was it about? How long ago did you start it? When did you launch your, your own business? Uh, it's just coming up to two years now. Last calendar year, we did six figures, me and my team. We've, we sold over 100,000 worth of products. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, I was really proud of them. It was um, a massive achievement. That was something that I'd got my heart set on us doing and we, and we did it. And that, that was just insane to be, you know, to, to have hit six figures and to have done it mostly breastfeeding in my pyjamas. It wow. just seemed, it seemed <laughs> a little bit bizarre because... You know, you have this idea in your mind, don't you, of what of what a successful businessman or successful businesswoman looks like. Um, and to me, it wasn't somebody breastfeeding in their pajamas. But you know, here here we are. <laughs> it worked. We, yeah. Yes. And I know you talk a lot about having that positive mindset. That's got got you where to, to where you are now but yeah, you also definitely. feel that's important with your team don't you and, and and everybody that you interact with yeah of course um I've been through some really challenging times in my life some really traumatic hard times and you know I know what it feels like to feel quite worthless and powerless and to to feel quite rubbish about yourself really I know how that feels and it's kind of my mission now to I don't want anyone else to feel that way. So if I can do anything to help or inspire somebody, then I'm going to do it without a doubt. That's that's just, I feel like that's my purpose now. That's what I'm here for. That's what I'm going to continue to do. So That's wonderful. That's wonderful that you do. So what would be 
two things that you would tell your 18-year-old self if you had the chance? To just keep going and life, you know, life does get better. Um, I, w- I went through quite a challenging time at 18. I had um, went through some really bad domestic violence um, and I had my house set on fire. Uh, so mm. I actually lost everything. I had to start all over again. Um, but I think it's these experiences that have made my recent decisions easier because, you know, I have had to start again a few times. So, and it, you know, you become quite strong from things like that. Yes. But, you know, life life was quite hard and it, it has been persistently quite hard, actually, um, until until I kind of got more involved in healing myself and like you know, really thinking about how I set boundaries with people and who I allow into my life. And, um, you know, I've really had to be really thorough, go through a really thorough spiritual awakening, really. Um, and it's only through doing that, that that I've had more success and I've, you know, started to have a happy life. So what are three things that you love to do every day? What gives you a great routine or start or end to the day? Um, we love having our kitchen parties. We like we like to put music on in the kitchen and have a little dance. And oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah, and have a little <laughs> sing. So um, if ever I put music on, Antonia rushes through because she knows that she's my number one dance partner. So yeah, so we love that, and that obviously gets the endorphins going, doesn't it? So yes. that's fantastic. Um, I do practice Reiki quite a lot um, because I've been doing it now so long it's only something that I have to do for a few minutes if that makes sense yes so if ever I feel like and perhaps for some for people that are listening who don't know what Reiki is can you explain what that is so it's a way it sounds a little bit hippie it's it's a way to kind of balance your energies it it does sound a little bit hippie but I also feel it's quite scientific because you know as as human beings, our bodies conduct electricity. So it kind of makes sense. You know, you know, if you're talking to a negative person, that can affect your energy, that affects your mood. If you encounter a negative situation, it can affect your mood and, and your and your energy. Yes. And when your energy is down, you know, um, everything's going to become a lot harder. Um, like even your movements might be slower. You, you know, cognitively, you're not going to be, you know, your brain's not going to be working as well. Um, emotionally, you know, you can be a little bit all over the place. So, you know, it's really good to be able to to balance those. And what Reiki does is, um, the one that I do quite a lot is that you actually let go of things. So because I suffer with the PTSD, if I'm triggered and I'm taken back to those experiences with domestic violence or with, with any of the other traumas I've been through, um, I can literally just take take in a breath, breathe out, and as I'm breathing out, just imagine that I'm letting it all go. Yes. And as as you let it go, you, you can um, you just feel you feel lighter. It's like you literally are taking the pressures off your shoulders. You, it feels quite physical, like you feel it, feel it literally lifted. It's quite beautiful. That's a wonderful sensation to be able to yeah. do for yourself. It's fantastic. It really is. And, um, you know, I was introduced to it properly through... I actually went for my first session about 10 years ago with my grandma. My grandma took me, actually. 
I love my mm. grandma. She's fantastic. She's she's a very strong lady and she's been a role model in my life. Um, she was a single mom actually. Um, and she took herself to university and she got a Lord a law degree off her own back with two children. Gosh. So she's you know, she's always been a fantastic role model in my life as a strong woman. But yeah, so a couple of years ago, um, I was introduced to a guy called Grenville Williams, and he has just been fantastic. I went I, before lockdown. I was going for regular sessions with him, um, and he's just fantastic at what he does. And so, you know, we had some really deep sessions, which which are just felt completely different afterwards. It's actually a life changing experience. So, if you're listening and you've never tried it, it's worth trying. You really do need to try it because. I feel like my hair, my hair growth and all these changes that I've been able to manifest in my life are through through practicing Reiki and getting into a better mindset. And because we haven't touched upon your hair growth, I mean, your hair growth is amazing. Didn't doctors say at one point it was alopecia and it was unlikely to grow back? Yeah. If you've had over 80% loss, they, they do tell you that it's not likely to grow back at all. You know, I had to, I went through the emotions of accepting that and accepting that I could potentially be bold for the rest of my life. But then on the next hair cycle, because hair works in three month cycles, on the next hair, month, hair cycle, it grew back and it's and it continued to grow back. That's amazing. Yeah. So how much hair have you got now? I've got a full head of hair and it's almost long enough to have a bob. So when, so when we're allowed to have our hair cut again, we're going to um, have it cut into a nice bob. That's but it's fantastic. thick head of hair and there's no, there's no sections missing. or It's actually come back better than it was before. So, yeah, I'm really happy. So what would you say your non-negotiables are as a mom and a businesswoman? Oh, gosh, it's a hard one. <laughs> um, so as, as a mother, I'm very careful, obviously, who my children interact with and you know I want them to have empowered role models in their lives and I want them to be around good people um and all I've ever really wanted is for them to be surrounded by happy happy people you know happy laughing people that love them so I'm I'm quite strict nowadays with my boundaries and who I allow into our lives um so I'd say that's quite non-negotiable if somebody's doesn't really fit into that and there's somebody that's, you know, dead set on bringing us a lot of negativity. That's not somebody that I can have in my life. And I think I think it's the same with business as well, actually. You know, it's very important who you work with because, you know, you spend a lot of time with these people. And as a business owner, you do actually have the privilege to decide who you work with. Yeah, so you want to keep that energy, the, those energy levels up. Yeah. And positive. Yeah, Without sounding, um, without that sounding toxic, because I think sometimes people say that, and what they really mean is, if you're unhappy, I don't have time for you. Which, but somebody can be unhappy, they can be depressed, and still not be a toxic person. Do you see what yes. I mean? So, you know, it's also our job as human beings to uplift others and to inspire others and to love them, even when they can't love themselves. So I think it's about knowing getting to know people and knowing and knowing who they are inside and just being very careful who you allow in your life really and what would be the one piece of advice you would give to other mums especially single mums and working mums 
to decide what you want to do and decide what you want out of life, um, to write your goals down, definitely, because if, until you write them down, they're just dreams. Work out, work out the steps, how to get to your goal and just start making it happen. And even if it's just a small step every day, over a period of time, that really adds up, that really builds up. And after a while of just taking one small step every single day, You'll look back over your shoulder and you and you won't believe how far you've come. And I know that because that's what happened with us. You know, talking in hindsight about these achievements, they sound massive. They sound huge. They sound almost like, well, how, how could you do that? But it didn't feel like I was doing a big thing at the time. Every single day I was just taking a small step. And sometimes it was hard to take that step. But I did it and we just kept going, just one small step after one small step. And eventually we got to where we wanted to be. So, And that's wonderful. Well, it's fantastic to talk to you, Emily. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us. And I wish you every success in the future. Thank you. It's been wonderful talking with you too. Emily says that if someone had told her this would be her life now, a year ago, she wouldn't have believed them because so much has happened. It's amazing what you can turn into reality when you set your mind to it. Emily really believes in a positive mindset and simply refuses to crumble, saying she's got her girls so she just doesn't have that option. You can read Emily's full story on our Brummy Mummies Facebook page and on the Birmingham Live website. Brummy Mummies is a laudable production brought to you by Brummy Mummies and Birmingham Live. You can download or stream the Brummy Mummies podcast on all major podcasting platforms including Spotify and Apple. Be sure to follow our Brummy Mummies Facebook page for lots more family information and fun. And whilst there, sign up to our Brummy Mummies newsletter to make sure you never miss an episode. See you next time.